Welcome to the Incredible Witness podcast. This episode is called The Critical Role of Childhood. When undertaking any assessment of a parent's capacity to parent their child, there are many factors and issues to be taken into account. For me, few factors are more significant than a parent's experience of being parented. Their experience of being parented determines to a very large extent the quality of care they would offer their children. People often say parenting doesn't come with a manual, meaning that you're, you're not taught how to be a parent, but I would argue that you are. It is just that you are not conscious of what you are learning whilst being parented, and more significantly, those teaching you are unaware of what what you are learning and becoming as a result of the thoughts, words and actions of those teaching you. The point is that that, that as children, we watch, follow and are hugely influenced by our parents, even though it is not always obvious. In my experience of interviewing parents for the purpose of of assessing their their ability to parent, so much relevant information can be gained from, from asking a parent questions about their lived childhood experiences. There are so many points of learning about children that one can pick up from discussing a parent's earlier life. For example, one thing that is conspicuous to me is just how loyal children are to their parents, even when their parents may have treated them in a manner that many people might describe as appalling. It never used to make sense to me why why children who had suffered substantial abuse remained fiercely loyal to parents who had not seen to, to show anything like the level of care and commitment that their children needed and deserved. But after a period of time, thinking about things as children might, their behaviour began to make sense to me. You see, for children, especially young children, their parents are their world. They are the foundation of all that children know, understand and believe. To children, their parents are all-powerful, godlike beings who they are totally dependent upon for many years of their life. And what I had not understood when less experienced was that when you rely totally on your parents until you reach independence, you don't really have sufficient experience to evaluate the care that you receive. You probably don't begin to compare the parenting you received with others until you're well into your 20s and 30s and many people it seems really if ever do because they just don't seem to think about it or recognize the need to do so i'm frequently astonished that many of the parents i have worked with over the years display a marked lack of curiosity with regard to why certain events happened in their life they simply seem to accept without questioning why they were treated the way they were or experience certain circumstances. Very frequently, parents cannot explain why, for example, they were, they were asked to leave home and stay with other, other relatives when they were only 12, or attended several junior and secondary schools without them having been permanently excluded. Perhaps what is really surprising is that even as an adult, many parents fail to question matters that should stand out as unusual or, or alarming. The other matter which didn't dawn on me until later, which I think accounts for why lots, if not most people, never question or or compare the parenting they receive from others, 
is because by the time they reach independence, whatever parenting they have received is normal for them. What I mean by this is that their experience of being parented has, by the time they reach independence, moulded their character such that they totally accept the events which they have been exposed to as being normal for them. If you have come to accept certain types of behaviour as normal, why would you ever seek to question it? This, I consider, accounts for why people fail to figure out that they have received parental parenting that has been harmful to them over many years. They simply don't recognise it and accept it as normal behaviour. Let me explain it in a more graphic way. As a social work professional, when visiting a child, you may have had the experience of entering a home that smells so strongly that the stench literally hurts your nostrils. You wonder how anyone can live in that environment. And when you're forced to, to bring it to the attention of the parent, they cannot understand what you're talking about and become offended and indignant that you could ever suggest that their home has a very strong, unpleasant odour. How come they cannot smell what is so repugnant to you? Have they lost their sense of smell? No. It's simply because they have become so accustomed to living in such an environment for so long that it's now an entrenched habit that has been accepted as normal for them. The significance of this means that as an assessor of a parent's parental skills and insight, you cannot accept what a parent says or seeks to offer you as a definitive picture of the parenting they received. Your job is to interpret the way the care they received through the lens of your professional view of good parenting and analyse and evaluate the impact of that care on their competence as a parent. This reality I'm alluding to, where parents cannot see that what seems normal to them is in fact harmful to their children's well-being, is the source of so much conflict between parents and professionals because often that parent just cannot see what is obvious to, to others observing them. You may hear phrases from parents such as, we have always done things in this way, and this is very probably true because the, sun, the same types of parenting has likely been handed down to his successive generations. As I've discussed, few parents actually question what they have been taught repeatedly to do over the years unconsciously, and unconsciously repeat whatever program of care they have been exposed to. Frequently, children are also exposed to experiences which are traumatic and result in them being confused about aspects or periods of their childhood or blocking the whole periods of their childhood out. Now, it has to be borne in mind that when this happens during a parent's childhood, they have no conscious memory of doing so. That's because it was so it was not consciously done. The action was performed by the subconscious mind in order to protect the child from the harm the traumatic experience would have caused them. So the subconscious mind blocks the painful experience out of the child's conscious thought and memory so that they can continue their life without seemingly being affected by the trauma they were subjected to. Although this works well at the time, the child has no conscious awareness of what has happened and in later life may only become aware that something or some memory or of a period in their life is missing when asked to recall their childhood or when their behaviour draws attention to it. 
The parent you are assessing then may have been subjected to the worst type of neglect or abuse, but the only warning signal or red light may be that they can't recall periods of their childhood. As a result of this, a question that I frequently ask parents is, how far back into your childhood can you recall clearly? Or, at what age can you remember things clearly from, as opposed to being foggy or fuzzy? If a parent tells me they have no memory, before the age of 12 or 13 for example, it is a pretty clear signal to me that they have been exposed to something that has, been dis that has distressed and traumatised them, unless there is another good reason for their memory loss. Gaining an as clear as possible detailed picture of their childhood, who they were most attached to, who showed them attention and discipline, how their parents got on and treated each other, the environment they grew up in, whether they were, they were mental health or other health issues, substance misuse, criminality, poverty and neglect, including the, the experience of school life, are examples of the, all the types of information I'd want to gain. But why is childhood or a parent's experience of childhood so important when assessing parental ability? I think it is vital for at least two or three reasons. Firstly, it is vital because if children are not allowed to have a childhood in which they are free to be a child, devoid of inappropriate adult responsibilities, they are likely to move, likely to have to mature too soon, and as a result, may be emotionally stunted and thus not able to achieve healthy independence. Secondly, and very significantly, what a child is exposed to during their childhood over and over again, in other words, their everyday life experiences are what becomes natural and normal to them. It is the repetition of the environment and, and care that they grow up in which moulds their character into the adult they become. The parenting they offer their offspring then is almost invariably strongly related to or a copy of the parenting they receive as children. Thirdly, it's important because so few people ever take the time to invest in, in counselling or therapy to address childhood issues and what is generally so poorly recognised is that so many health problems as adults and in later life occur as a result of deficiencies in the parenting received during their childhood. Indeed there's not there's a lot of research related to the impact on, on health and well-being as a result of adverse childhood experiences. There is no such thing as perfect parenting, but children benefit from a co combination of the following attention, affection, stimulation, safety, stability, security, routines, boundaries, guidance, encouragement and consistency. I hope you found this topic useful and got a great deal out of this episode. See you next week.